Yeah. Um, I'm always like I'm I'm very self conscious of that because I think I have a very good sense of hearing. Uh huh. Like I'm an audio person. Yeah. Right. I consider myself an audiophile. Yeah. Uh, I'm Listen to Stefan Lossless. Get some flack. Um, I used to be that person. Okay. Um, until so, like, I consider myself an audiophile, but I don't think I'm an asshole about it. <laughs> <laughs> and being an asshole about it means two things: uh, believing in all the garbage pseudoscientific thing about like thousand dollar power cables for your DACs that yeah apparently. Make your they're, oxygen. They're gold plated. Make your they're gold plated oxygen purer and blah blah blah. Yeah. Like that's not real. There are plenty of people who believe that. But then also, like I accept the things like I I have a good sense of hearing, but really nobody can tell the difference between a very well compressed MP3 and a lossless file. <laughs> like I've had people tell me they can. Sure, some people tell you they can, but then when you run double blind trials i've never run a double blind trial but i kind of want to now like the many people have done it you can run you have to have the right headphones too you can run double blind trials and no one can tell really yeah no no one does it better than luck for like a 320 uh kilobit mp3 and a and a flack that's fascinating there's no actually perceivable difference it's it's kind of like fancy wines yes fancy wines where apparently fancy wine tasters when blindfolded and stuff can't actually tell between mm-hmm. white and red yeah or if you dye a white red they'll tell you it tastes like a red <gasps> oh that's even better <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah you like, have literally to, just put you'll like have to, you'll have to check the site but uh, i've read apparently about studies where they did that uh that, they see, just took white wine and dyed it red see like i feel of, like really sick joy <laughs> hearing facts like that like yeah like fuck you wine people like you're all like it's all bullshit, um, yeah, but they're enjoying it, so that's yeah, fine. They are enjoying it. Um, I don't remember where I was going with this. Oh, so like, I, like I consider myself, you know, this person with good hearing, but then yeah. I, I get really scared because like I can't sing, yeah, and like I can't play instruments. Mm-hmm. Like I, I wonder if would like, you like to learn the ukulele? I have a ukulele. I would sell you at a decent price. I, I don't want to <laughs> learn the ukulele. Okay, that's fair. I don't blame you. Like I. I wonder, like, oh, maybe I don't actually have that good of a sense of hearing. Yeah. Maybe it's all just me pretending. Yeah. Because a lot of being an audiophile is pretending. That's fair. Yeah, I remember the first time I, I somebody, like, pointed out to me that I was hearing music wrong or hearing, like, things <laughs> wrong. Um, I was at a uh, summer camp for smart kids. <laughs> Space camp? No. Oh. Um, but it, it was uh, Smootag is what we called it. Uh, I don't know what that is. No, but you you wouldn't. It was a self-used acronym. But um, Southern Methodist University had a program, a three-week-long Southern program for talented and gifted students. There's the acronym. tag. Yep. And uh, you could go after your seventh, eighth, and ninth grade years, or sixth, seventh, and eighth grade years. Mm -hmm. Seventh, eighth, ninth. Um, and it was a three-week program. You stayed on campus. You took some, like, college-level course. I had my first college-level course in seventh grade wow um you you'd take one like college level course and one like fun course that was taught by a college professor that was not necessarily like credit worthy right and it was intensive you were in class for eight hours a day but the rest of the time it was a bunch of 
you know, seventh graders doing stuff on a college campus, being, <laughs> being seventh graders. Right. Um, and there was always like mandatory fun in the after, in the evenings where you would, you know, sign up for a, uh, you know, a, we're going to either go to a movie or we're going to eat ice cream or we're going to, I don't know, have a water gun fight. <laughs> Those were just a couple examples of things that they would do as mandatory like, fun. That sounds like my kind of camp. Yeah. They called it mandatory fun, which, which was extra cool to me. Right. Um, so it's like, which mandatory fun thing are you going to go do tonight? <laughs> And there were a variety of things. It was, it was an amazing experience. I absolutely loved it. Uh, but I was there, and there was there was a girl I was crushing on, because, you know, summer camp, that's going to happen. Oh, man. That's what summer camps are for. Oh, my gosh, yeah. They're built for crushes. Uh, and I was listening to music, because I've always liked music, and I've always liked... And I, I hate saying this, because it sounds like such a hipster thing. I've always liked music you've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that you haven't heard of it, because they're, like, super underground... And, you know, I'm too good for them. It's No, because they write about superheroes. Right. It's, <laughs> it's because nobody wants to know about yes. it. Yes. Yeah. There's like 500 people who are interested yes. in this music. Um, and so I was listening to some of this music. because we, we had, I had a stereo system. I had, I had an Arcos jukebox. Cool. Uh, which was a uh, hard drive-based MP3 player before the iPod came out. God. My... Uh, my MP3 yeah. player that I owned uh, was the Dell DJ. Ooh. Dell made an MP3 yeah. player, and my parents didn't want to get us iPods because they were expensive, so they yeah. got us Dell DJs. Well, this was an expensive one also. It had 8 gigs of storage, which was outrageous. Wow. And it was a hard drive. Like, it was a like it was an iPod before the iPod. Yeah. Minus, like, any sort of good interface. It was terrible to interact with. It was a little, like, tiny bitty screen. Anyway. Uh, we had that, and we had some speakers, and so I'd play music in my dorm room. And girl I was crushing on came in. Um, I don't remember her real name, but I remember her AOL screen <laughs> name. And so in my head, I always just think of her as Artichoke. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> um, her AOL screen was was Artichoke followed by some numbers. I won't say those numbers just just in case. Just in but case. But I still know them. Just in case she's still using that yeah. name. Yeah. Uh, but all I know of her now is Artichoke. Uh, That's a good way to remember somebody. Uh, summer Fling. Uh, we never, we, we danced a couple times in slow dance time, and I could have gone further, I think, but uh, there, was, there was, of course, a, you know, dance at the end of the camp, because what summer camp doesn't have a dance at the end of it? Yep. Uh, <clears throat> Christian summer camps. <laughs> Uh, what's funny is I went to a lot of Christian events uh, in middle and high school that had dances at them. Oh, really? Not camps, though. Uh, they were usually like weekend-long things. Mm. Well, one one was a week week long. It was, I guess, it was a camp. It was a national youth gathering. Well, they probably weren't evangelical. No, they were Lutheran. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, liberal monsters. Yeah, outrageous. We let women be pastors. Oh. <laughs> uh, but she came in and I was singing along to this song, and. She was into music, and I'm sure would call herself an audiophile uh, if that word existed in the past. And she said to me something along the lines of, like, it's really interesting how you harmonize along with that. Ah! <laughs> and I was like, what? What do you mean? I'm just singing along. I'm just along. singing the song. He's like, well, you're not singing the right notes. Oh, no. And I was like, I don't know. I... Huh, yeah. and, and, of course, you know, try to be cool. I'm like, yeah, that's totally what I'm intentionally doing. Right. Slurped, ignored, yeah. yeah. That I'm super good at it. Yeah, that's hilarious. But that was the first time I ever knew that I didn't like know how to match a note. Wow. See, ugh, mate, I'm trying to figure out like 
how I work because like I'm sure I cannot match a note. Yeah. But I can I'm pretty sure I can hear like I've I've tuned a guitar. Yeah. I don't play guitar, but I can I've never successfully tuned a guitar. Like I've had the the magic box that like gets like pushes a needle yeah. right towards it. And even then I'm like I'm just trusting the needle. I hope it gets right. Yeah, like I can hear it like like I'm I must have fine hearing. I, yeah. I just can't it doesn't come out the other end. I can't yeah. reproduce things. That's fair. Because, like, I have my AV setup. Yeah. I have a graphic equalizer unit. Ooh, fancy. Between my TV and my speakers. Mm-hmm. And I have it set to, you know, adjust for the room and the environment yeah. it's in and blah, blah, blah. But like, like, I do that by ear. Yeah. Like, it's a 32-channel graphic equalizer. <laughs> and, I, and I sit there. And you just tune it by ear. And I, start, <laughs> and I start at, like, 50 hertz. And I, like, drag the faders up and down. And then I go to 100 hertz <laughs> and I drag the fader. Like, I do that by ear, and I can hear the difference between each channel. Okay. So, like, I guess my hearing is okay. You must be all right. I'm just really, really bad at singing. Yeah. You know, I have, I, like, I, I have the opposite of perfect pitch is basically what it comes down yeah. to. Perfect pitch is an amazing thing. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's more than just a, I don't know. Like, it's not just having really good hearing. Yeah. Because I... Like, I think I can probably hear the difference between most notes, mm-hmm. but, like, being able to identify them and perfectly reproduce them, yeah. and perfect pitch is, like, a magic trick It is. To it's me. like a magic trick. I, I, have, I have the opposite of a magic trick. Yeah. <laughs> you can play me two notes, and I can go, I guess those are different. Yeah, probably. Those are probably different. <laughs> yeah, you should get that tattoo. <laughs> You're the opposite of a magic trick. <laughs> Yeah, that's but uh, yeah, it doesn't really impact me. But I do notice that I listen to a lot of uh, lyric-heavy music, with with an exception, um, a fun exception, something that I rediscovered recently. Uh, the band Arcade Fire, mm-hmm. uh, good band. Yeah. The only reason I know who they are is because they won the Grammy for best album for the the Suburbs uh-huh. uh, when that came out in like 2012, maybe 2011, 2012, something. And um, Justin Bieber fans lost their minds because he was up for best album that year as well oh. against against Arcade Fire and the Suburbs. Okay, and and he lost right to Arcade Fire and the Suburbs naturally. <laughs> but what my favorite reaction was there was a blog started, I think called "Who the fuck is Arcade Fire?" <laughs> oh my. God. Um, and right. it was just it are... was just cataloging all of the tweets of people saying that because there are tens of millions of people yeah. who love Justin Bieber who don't know who Arcade Fire and is. to be completely honest I had no idea who Arcade Fire was before then because I'm not musically aware yeah I listen to Jonathan Colton music and they might be giants yeah. you're not you're not into you're not into pop music yeah um, now mind you. If I was into music, I'd have known who they were because they were I had a number one hit for like many months. Their album was a massive bestseller. Yeah, very popular. Um, and so I wanted to answer this question. Okay, who are they? And so I just bought their album, like the the Grammy winning best album of the year. And I'm like, well, it's probably gonna be okay. Yeah. Um, and I did. Uh, and I love that album. It's a really good album. It's an amazing album. And then I wrote my entire thesis to the soundtrack of that album. How do you mean? Like when I was writing my thesis in grad oh, school, that's what you're listening to. That's the only thing I listened to, and it's created this really interesting response in me now. Is when I put on that album, I work hard, like harder. Oh, weird. Um, like I was, I was at work, and I was, I'm, I write curriculum, and I, I build lesson plans and things like that. That's my uh-huh. job. 
um, and I put on that album I'm like oh, I haven't listened to this in a while and like half the album went by and I'm like where did all that time go like and you're just like cranking and I'm out just work. cranking things out but I think it's it's like a sense memory thing or whatever associated with like the time I was in grad school and writing nonstop for eight hours a day oh yeah and I turned on that album and I'm just like I'm killing it I'm like yep. wow that's gonna be handy <laughs> I do that a lot yeah um, I have a lot of like music sense memories yeah um the the biggest one and the weirdest one there's this one song I don't even remember the name of the band of, anymore I bet I could find it so uh-huh. hopefully it's in the show notes but the song is called Cathedrals okay um I listened to this I discovered the song when I was 15 or 16 or something like yeah. that and the third book in the Aragon series had just come out <laughs> which I was very excited about <laughs> Okay. Because I will read anything that with dragons in it. Yeah. Even though have you have you read the Pern series? Anything in the Pern universe? No. Dragon Riders of Pern. No. You should. I haven't read them, but uh, they're like peak dragon. It has dragons. I'm on yeah. board. Uh, I think Dragon Riders of Pern is the one to start with. Love dragons. Yeah. I think dragons are like. Well, uh, my understanding, being a, a casual fan of fantasy and a hardcore fan of science fiction, is these are really good. Okay. Uh, Mercedes Lackey is okay. the author. I will look those up. Yeah. Um. So this book came out and I got it. Yeah. And uh, it's like 700 pages. Like it's just <laughs> one of those like overly long fantasy yeah. books. Uh, but it's written for a very young audience. Mm-hmm. So it's really fast. Because yeah, the first one was written when he was like, or the draft was written when he was like 16 or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this one was written when he was like 20 or yeah. something like that. Um, I read this book cover to cover in like 18 hours. Mm-hmm. Like, I got it in, like, an afternoon, yeah. and I started reading it, and I read all through the night until, like, the next afternoon. I did that with some Harry Potters, so I feel you. Um, and I listened to this one song on repeat the entire wow. time. Because it was just, like, I put it on, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm, I'm really into this song yeah. right now. Let me put this on repeat. I want to listen to it a little bit. And then I literally didn't, like, the book. like, just didn't leave my room, and I read the book until I was done. And then I was like, oh, I guess that song was playing the whole time. And so now... Like, I don't even remember the book very well. Yeah. Like, I don't even remember the song very well. But if I hear that song, I'm, like, flooded with, like, really intense memories of the book. Of the book. Like, I remember, like, and it's only when I'm listening to that song do I I remember it. Like, I remember the characters and what was going on and the whole setting. Like, but I couldn't really tell you much about the book right now. That's really cool. Yeah. Is it true that the first book in that series is just Star Wars? It's Star Wars in a world where all the stuff is named slight variations on the ways Tolkien named his things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm, I've not read it, so I'm just curious. Which, like, I have kind of a, pro- a slight problem with that criticism. Like, the books are not very original or very good, mm-hmm. but that criticism isn't very strong because saying something is just Star Wars, it's like... It's such an archetypal story. Well, yeah, I mean, anyway. you, it's Joseph Campbell here with a thousand faces, which is what Star Wars was doing, right? So it, it's my like when when people complain about the movie Avatar, yeah. like Avatar is not a great movie. No, like it's not well written. You can criticize it for that, but saying it's bad because it's just like Dances with Wolves, Dances with Wolves or whatever, yeah. isn't a great criticism because they're they're just story types. Although I will say, both of them had some real problems with the noble savage tropes. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Both of them equally had that problem. <laughs> and the inexperienced white man can just be good yeah, at white savior he wants. problems. Yeah. Uh yeah, definitely that. Um but like 
the sense memory thing, mm-hmm. I like can't listen to Seeger Rose anymore. Really? Although I love them. Yeah. Because that's all I listen to when I like broke up with a girlfriend in high school. I have I have a similar song. And so now it's just all attached to like horrible yeah. like sorrow memories. Yeah, I have I have a, a similar breakup. Jonathan Colton song. Yeah. Uh, that is, I've gotten back to recently. Like, I'm like, okay, I can, I can enjoy this song again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a song, I Feel Fantastic, uh-huh. uh, which is a very upbeat and peppy song. Yeah, I've heard that one. Uh, which is, is I, think it's a, I think it's one of his best songs. Like, I'm, I, I feel I like that. I know it, because, so it's at least yeah, popular. I guess, yeah. Um, but is is also, like, very sarcastic about feeling fantastic and about, like, using drugs to make yourself feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like... I listened to that song on repeat for days. Mm. Uh, now it's just ruined. During a breakup. I, I've gotten back to it. And I'm like, okay, I can enjoy this song again. Because I think I still think it's a great song. And so mm-hmm. I've kind of been able to kind of separate myself from that. But there's a really strong sense of memory there. When you... Have your relationships had, like, songs? Like, have you had, like, you, like your song with, like, a girlfriend before? So my high school and early college girlfriend who was... At the time, I thought the woman I was going to marry, like, it was that, like, we were, you know, we're teenagers. It's going to happen. Of course. Um, I did in that relationship, but since then, not really. So my my high school girlfriends, we had a song, and it was this really wonderful song by a musician I really like named Elijah Wyman. Mm -hmm. And I straight up, like, that song is deleted in my iTunes library now. And, like, I don't, like, this person holds no significance for me anymore. Yeah, yeah. But for some reason, like I just I can't listen to it. Yeah, uh, I, hate, I had I, I had a variety of I had a variety of songs with my high school girlfriend. Uh, yeah. So I feel fantastic was our breakup song. Like that's yeah. that's what that was. That's what you suffered through. Yeah. Uh, well, no, I say that, I mean I I used it to like keep myself sane. Uh-huh. In sort of a weird way. Yeah. Um. A related song, and this was just I think this was everybody's song in the late '90s, early 2000s. Was Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls? I don't think I know it. I mean, I might know it, but I don't know the name. It's you'll look it up later, and you might you might know it. It was everywhere. Hopefully, I just edited it yeah. in. Um, I don't want the world to see me because I don't think that they'd understand. That's that's the best I can do. An accurate representation, Kevin. Yeah. And I don't want the world to see me. Because I don't think that they'd understand. Uh, <laughs> what, what was it? Oh, so the Our Song, Our Song mm. was... Oh, God, I'm such a nerd. Like, I've always been a nerd. Like, there's no escaping I'm it. learning. Was the song I'll Never Tell from the musical episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was the song, like, we were going to play... Like I'm, I'm not even a little bit joking. We were considering choreographing for our first dance at your at wedding? our wedding when you were in high school. Yeah, high oh, school and or yeah. like the first year of college. I love I I miss the like naivety of I don't <laughs> of that. But there's something there's something so like from the perspective of being twenty something. Yeah, there's something so like. <sighs> So adorable. But this about. is why I can't get a tattoo. Right. <laughs> like, how horrible of a decision is it to, like, want to consider choreographing your first dance at your wedding with your high school girlfriend to this bad song? Well, okay. Not only is it a bad song, because it's, it's not a terrible song. It's as good as any other song that Joss Whedon has ever written. 
Um, so, I mean, to be fair, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog was great. Uh, but it's a song... You should have done your first dance to that. It, it didn't exist at the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the song, I'll Never Tell, is about a crumbling relationship and all of the flaws they see in each other, but promise not to tell so as to keep everything on an even keel. Hmm. That's the I'll Never Tell. Were you aware of the meaning of it? Or was it just a nice I was aware song? of it. Yeah, absolutely. It was a musical. Like, they're singing their feelings. Yeah. To each other in song. That's not appropriate. Oh, well. I don't know. I just, that was... You want to know the horrible song choice that uh, happened in real life? Absolutely. So at my wedding... Yeah. And maybe this was... Well, it's not foreshadowing because the... It's, you know, the <laughs> Your life isn't written like a storybook. <laughs> um, at my wedding... Um, Jen walked into a song being played on guitar by my brother. Okay. He was standing next to me and he was just yeah. doing and I also I, the best man at the time? Like doing doing double duty or uh yeah, I think my sister technically was my best man. Okay. That's fair. Um, so I'm about to be my sister's maid of honor, so Yeah, I, no I had I had my that. sister and my brother. Yeah. Um I I told my brother he's a very good guitarist. I just yeah. told him, Hey, Play something that sounds nice on the guitar that someone can walk into. Yeah, that was that was that it. was the thing. Right. Not not the traditional wedding march. Right. So he starts just playing something. Yeah. And I recognize it, and I'm like, "What is that? Like, I don't. It sounds familiar, but like, you know, the yeah. I, I recognize this, but I can't place it. Yeah, right and you're, now. you got a lot of stuff on your mind. And yeah, I'm about to get married, so like, I <laughs> push it out, and I go, "I'll figure that out later." Turns out, uh-huh. what he played on guitar mm-hmm. was. Um, from a Coheed and Cambria song. When I like, uh, I only know the barest minimum of Coheed and Cambria. I like, I like at all. I like Coheed and Cambria yeah. a lot. I really like uh, their first three albums. The rest are utter garbage. Okay. Um, but this one song is, it's a beautiful like plucked acoustic yeah. guitar song, and it includes vocals. Okay. Which were not present. Yeah, because we're, we're going acoustic. Yeah, yeah. But the vocals instrumental are about murdering babies. <laughs> Literally, that's what's happening in the song is singing about murdering children. So I'm guessing your brother didn't get any sort of editorial uh, oversight on this song choice. So like he he just that's what he wanted to play. That's what yeah. he played. Like it was just the pretty guitar thing that he knew and that came to his brain at the moment, and he was like, "Oh yeah, this and do 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 like," and it was it just so happens that it's from a song where in the voc- in the lyrics babies are being murdered, yeah, um, and that was played while while Jen was walking down the aisle. Did she ever discover what that song was? Uh, yeah, like I think I mentioned yeah. to, to her later, and it's just funny. It's weird to me that y'all didn't have a song picked out for that moment. But like that's how like that's how weddings in the Jardim family go. Okay, that's fair. And that's how much I trusted my brother. Yeah. Like yeah. He'd, he'd pick a good song. He did the same thing for my sister's wedding. Yeah. It was just, hey, here's an acoustic guitar, play something play pretty. A song. Yeah. Right. Um, my uh, my wedding was very untraditionally casual. Okay. Very like unplanned. Yeah. Um, and it was still, it stands out as the 
com- relatively stuffy and traditional and formal <laughs> wedding amongst the weddings of my siblings. Wow. My brother just got married mm-hmm. and we did it just in a random spot in some woods in Maine and it was 90s themed so he was wearing what looked like a Cosby sweater and some shorts. <laughs> and and Joe was beautiful uh-huh. um, but was wearing this incredibly 90s vibrant flower oh, wow. dress. It was amazing and wonderful yeah. and truly beautiful, but um, but definitely on theme. Not the traditional weddings going yeah. on in the Jardine family. It's fascinating, especially with their uh, baby killing music. So, did you rather play on during his own wedding? No, my <laughs> sister played a song on the flute while they oh, walked cool. in from the 90s. It's uh, older than that, probably. It okay. was some Stevie Wonder song. So it existed in the 90s. It existed in the 90s, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, weddings are weird. Weddings are super weird. I don't like weddings. Yeah, that's fair. I liked my own wedding. That's good. I would I would hope you would enjoy your wedding. Um, I feel like that for most people, it's going to be too stressful to enjoy. Like most weddings feel like I would be you would be too stressed out as the bride and or groom. Um, it wasn't that stressful because I did all my stressing ahead of time. Okay. Like, I'm such a planner. Yeah. That, like, every possible detail was figured out ahead <laughs> of time. So, like, I knew I could just wake up that morning. And just, just do the, follow the script. And it would all happen. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. 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 Do you have... Uh, married family? Like, is your sister married? Or? My sister's getting married. Your sister's so she's, getting married. she's going to get married uh, July 22nd, 2017. Oh, so... A year from now. A year. Cool. Um, I only remember the date because it's pi approximation day. Uh, 22-7 is approximately 3.14. Ah. <laughs> wow, I didn't know there was a pi approximation day. Yeah. That's, it's like it's like pi day, but, but better. But nerdier. Yeah. Uh, Pi Day is also my grandfather's birthday, March 14th. No way. Yeah. You got having a Pi Day themed family. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but so 722 is when she's getting married. Nice. Uh, or 227 if you write it in the British format. No. Uh, that, that is what you would do if you well, wrote you it. Well, you would, way. but you'd be wrong because the <laughs> British format's incorrect. Uh, but that's how I remember her when she's getting married. Pi Day. Uh, like she's that. getting married. Um, and that's my only sibling, so that's the only person I like know who would be getting married, who I'm related to. Are you going to have responsibilities? Yeah, and you're going to be the I'm the, I'm the of maid honor. of honor. Um, so the my responsibilities, as far as I know so far, is I got to write a toast, probably. Uh huh. Um, I got to plan a bachelor party, uh, nice. and there's it's a small party. There's going to be my sister. She's got two or three bridesmaids in addition to me, so at most five of us. Um. Having a, a stag do. <laughs> that sounds fun. I I I know Catherine. If you're listening to this, uh, don't listen to this part because it's going to ruin the surprise. <laughs> um, but I I keep joking about bringing strippers, mm-hmm. uh, which because that's that's the joke, and I'm I'm probably not going to bring strippers, right? Because yeah, who really who really <sighs> yeah. wants strippers? Yeah. Um, and I would of course bring strippers of at least two genders. Because uh, that, because I'm I. Cause for what it's worth, I'm the kind of person who wants to see everybody naked. Mm. Uh, that's just a like 
yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that person naked. Sure. Uh, I have, and that, and that applies to everybody, including you, Jesse. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am an equal dick. I'd love to see anybody naked. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, people naked are fascinating. I, uh, yeah. Um, so I, I would not, you know, ex, you know, exclusively pick just one type of person to bring. That's fair. Uh, as a stripper, but I'm not going to do that. Okay. Uh, but the joke I had that I think is absolutely brilliant, and I'm super proud of me for coming up with it. <laughs> Um, is get a can or multiple cans of paint stripper that oh. you use on houses. Oh my god! To remove <laughs> paint, <laughs> and then and do, just bring it with us, and then not and do just anything have, no, with it. No. But you just have strippers, you have strippers at, the party. at the party. Oh my god! Can you put like um? Bow ties? I would put bow ties. Like bow ties and I guess it have to be very small underwear. Yeah, yeah. But like little thongs little tiny on thongs the... or something, yeah. Oh my god. I think it's such a great joke. You should do that. I'm gonna do that. No, you know what's even better? What? Get a tattoo of a little can <laughs> of paint stripper on your I'm not, chest. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and then be like, is this your card? <laughs> But I can't. I came up with that stripper joke, and I'm really, I'm really happy about it. I'm really. I think as long as you do that, it'll it's be a the success. best joke. It's the best joke. Oh my god! I really like the trend. I guess I don't know if it's a trend, but I yeah. feel like it's been happening, or I've been more aware of it. Yeah. Um, of groomsmen and bridesmaids that are not necessarily the same gender. Yeah. Like, like you're going to be your sister's bridesmaid. Yeah. Right. But maid of honor. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> maid of honor. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, but because you're her brother. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the significance. Yeah. Where I feel like more traditionally, she'd have to find women to do it. Yeah. Cause... Well, and she's inviting some very close female friends that are right. going to be in her bridal party. But, but you're yeah. not excluded. Yeah. And it makes sense for you to be included. Cause and I wouldn't be, a, like, I could be a groomsman memory. traditionally. Like, oh, we'd put them on the groomsman side. Right. and But I have no strong relationship to the groom. Like, right. Yeah. Your significance is with your sister. Yeah. So like when I like when I got married, my brother and my sister mm-hmm. were my were, were your my, groom party, my groom people. Yeah, uh, and and Jen's bride's people were her brother and one of her mm-hmm. good friends. Yeah, and it it's like it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like it's just one of those things that I think makes a ton of sense and has been previously yeah. restricted by weird gender roles. Yeah, on the opposite side of that. Um, the the traditional Southern Belle weddings, which still exist, uh-huh. um, have expanded to include bridal parties of like thirteen people. Um, I don't like my my cousin have that many friends. I can't remember if she was in this wedding. She must have been in the wedding. She's not married, um, but she's she's from Alabama. She's a, a good old Southern girl. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't know her all that well. We don't we don't see that part of the family as often as I'd like. Uh huh. Um, but. She was. She must have been in a wedding party that had thirteen groomsmen and thirteen bridesmaids. That's incredible. It's outrageous. I just think about how much that's going to cost. Yeah, that's true. But there's just like, I'm just picturing the 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 picture of them all standing up at the front of the ceremony hall or wherever you're doing it, and having that many people on either side. Yeah, I feel bad for that photographer. Yeah, <laughs> squeeze that's, in. Keep squeezing. That's like. Half as many people as were at my wedding total <laughs> in their party. Yeah. Wow. 
it's and but that's not uncommon in a lot of like traditional Southern weddings now. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I say traditional. I say it's happening more now. Like more and more people are bringing these massive wedding parties. Right. It's not traditional since it's been around for a long time. But people is who there, fall into the southern. Is there a good reason for that? Is it just. You want to have all your friends. Inclusive. All of them. Just. All an, of them, I guess. Anyone who's your friend has to be I involved. Guess. Yeah. That's why I liked picking like my brother and my sister. Because like I have really yeah. good friends who were could have been candidates. But yeah. like saying family, my siblings, like. There's a clear line. Like, you're included or you're not. Like, yeah. there's no you're either a family or you're not. Right? So, like, I could have had my best friend be my best man. Yeah. But he didn't have to feel bad about not. Yeah. Because the only possibility was, was if family. you were a sibling. Yeah. So. That's valid. Yeah, that saved a lot of help. You must have had a tiny wedding. 50-something people? It was, like, 60. Wow. 60 total. That's, that's pretty small. Yeah. Like, my sister's having a small wedding at, like, 150. Yeah. Uh, and that's because the venue she's having the reception in can't hold more than that. Oh, yeah. Which I think was, like, she wanted to have it there. Like, that was a very intentional choice. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it also has the benefit of reducing the number of people she has to invite. Yeah. Like, there's lots of other people that we could have invited. Yeah. Uh, but weddings are expensive and it's dumb. Oh, they're so expensive. And, like, no one, like, there's a very few people that really need to be at your wedding. Yeah. So you just. You're the person you're marrying. And uh, and uh, someone to officiate. Efficient, yeah. Technically, that's it. Uh, witnesses? Don't you, aren't you supposed to have two witnesses? Oh, I guess. Like, yeah. That's what they always have in, in like climactic wedding scenes in TV shows and movies. Yeah. They could just be <laughs> randos, yeah. your witnesses, technically. Yeah. Um, but, like, at like my, brother, my brother's wedding that just yeah. happened, it was my parents. It was him and his wife. Yeah. Brother and sister, me, mm-hmm. and, me and my sister, our parents, and then my sister's husband and his parents. Really? Like, so the the bride family? Yeah, they weren't there. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's a really small wedding. It was incredibly small. Yeah. And uh, technically, they didn't even get married because my sister doesn't have the legal ability to marry them. So it was just a ceremony, and then they're yeah. going to go to a courthouse later and do it. Yeah. But it's cool. That's it. All yeah. you, that's all you need. Weddings are super crazy expensive. I'm going to tell this story, even though it's it's caused friction sometimes. Amy and I are not married. Uh, we've right. been together. It'll be seven years in November. Wow, that's a long time. Uh, it is a long time, and we're very happy together. And we have no plans to change that. Like that's not a thing that. Right. It's know, a, like it's it's a serious long term relationship. Yeah, um, but we're not married uh, for a number of reasons that are sometimes very hard to explain. Mm-hmm. Um, that that tie into like what is marriage and what is its place in society Mm. and government ownership of relationships. Um, and the fact that you can, you know, you need to involve the government in the process and make it like taxable and things. There's there's a lot of, there's a lot of reasons. And part of us, we don't want to like go through the expense of all of that, of getting married I don't blame you. And we've talked, um, you know, so if we ever do get married, um, it would mostly be for our families, but right. um, which is not a bad reason to get married necessarily. Um, but we've talked about options like having a cruise wedding. Uh, oh, that sounds like fun. Because you pay a flat fee, you get on the boat, and they take care of everything for you. Right. And that's the kind of, like, wedding we would want to have. Right. Like, you're not responsible for stuff. You're responsible for being there. Yeah. 
and we say, hey, this is the boat we're going to be on when we get married. If you would like to come, buy a ticket. That's uh, a nice and idea. And just like, and then you just, you know, make sure that the, you know, close family or whatever does get there and then whoever else is there, great. Yeah. And Uh, you spend a week. You spend some money. Spend like a week on a boat and it's a great time. Yeah. And it's expensive, but it's not more expensive than a wedding. No. Like buying a cruise wedding package is not more expensive than a wedding. Right. And... All your food's taken care of. You get weighted on hand and foot. You get a fancy room. They put balloons outside of it. You probably get free desserts because you get free desserts anyway because it's all included. <laughs> uh, all that sort of stuff. The other, the other option that we've considered uh, is just getting married but not telling anybody about it. And then having a big party and just inviting everybody and saying, oh, by the way, we got married. Because, and this is, this is 100% true, if you put the word wedding in front of something Mm -hmm. it costs four times as much Mm -hmm. oh you want to book a wedding venue right that's more expensive oh you want to buy a wedding dress you want to buy a wedding cake yep those are more a cake so my sister who's getting married is is buying a fairly expensive wedding cake Mm -hmm. uh, that is not big enough to feed 150 people (laughs) so what are we doing we're buying costco cakes to feed 150 people. And they'll just be a nice pretty cake. For... It's a nice, really, it's a really tasty cheat cake. Yeah. Uh, because they're delicious. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had Costco cake because you're not from make here. A, make a good cake. They make a really good cake. Yeah. Uh, it's like 20 bucks. <laughs> and it's a big old cheat cake. As opposed to like literally hundreds of dollars for yeah. a cake. Yeah. Well, she's, she's paying hundreds of dollars for her wedding cake. Yeah. And she went and did wedding cake tasting, and it was good. Like, I didn't taste it, but I take her word. Like, they were good cakes. Yeah. They weren't $100 cakes. Yeah. You know. When yeah, you're spending whole... thousands of dollars on a dress. I totally sympathize with the, <clears throat> like, the wedding industry yeah. nonsense. The wedding industrial complex. Wedding industrial complex. I don't, I hate when things get. Industrial complex. Phrased <laughs> into an industrial complex. Um, like the whole the whole wedding industry nonsense yeah. is dumb. Like the whole government thing is dumb. It's a little. It's weird. Like it's it's odd. Yeah. It's strange. Like it, it's weird. Like I, for me, like the a wedding was mostly like a ceremony for like family and religious purposes. Yeah, absolutely. And the, and I think that's where like most of the value is for people. Uh-huh. Like I guess it's nice if you, to have like some kind of official recognition yeah. as like a couple but it's it's odd well the other side of it is funny because like i was super in favor of like legalizing gay marriage because i because okay if we're going to have this institution that i have some emotional and, and psychological, not psychological uh, philosophical differences with it should at least be applied equally across the board right <laughs> right yeah so it's like, like i said it longer but yes everybody should be able to make this decision even if i think the decision's dumb uh, yeah yeah that's fair uh, what's funny is uh i've been uh, I listened to uh, two. I'm gonna call them stand-up comedy specials, although those are both strong words to use in either case. One of them I think fits closer to this. Um, the first one was called "Dead and Gone," mm-hmm. which uh, I highly recommend. It is uh, it's a it's an hour long comedy album. I don't know if there's a visual video video version, but mm-hmm. uh, there's an album. It's on Apple Music. Um, it's called "Dead and Gone" by a comedian named Sean White, and he starts off by saying there's only three things you need to know maybe it's two things there's two things you need to know before uh, I go into my set and the first thing 
is that over the past two years, all of my immediate family members have died. Whoa. And the second thing is that in the middle of all of that, I got a divorce. And then he proceeds to tell an amazingly hilarious hour about all of that. Wow. Uh, which is really funny. But some of his stuff on divorce is very funny about like how it's incredibly easy to get married and impossible to get divorced. Yeah. It's... There's so much paperwork involved. And it's weird that the government's involved in a personal relationship anyway. And it's very funny. It's very difficult. <laughs> yeah. I, I will take your word on yeah. it. I believe it. It's, it. it's it's more impossible to figure out yeah. than it is actually. Like, you can just go and fill out sheets of paper. Like, the yeah. forms aren't that hard to fill out. But finding out what you're supposed to do is very difficult. Really? That's interesting. And, it, and it's so that you pay a lawyer to figure it out for yeah. you. Yeah. Well, sure. Did you pay a lawyer to figure it out for you? No, we figured it out it? on our own. That's awesome. Yeah. And like, it was hard. That's so cool. But we just, we called Fig- people it. and figured it out. Yeah. And it, and Bought it a book. Work. Check the internet. Check the internet a lot. Uh, I remember when I worked in a bookstore in Texas in 2000 something. Okay, getting divorced for dummies? Like, would, but, like but specifically like te- for Texas because it's different in every state. Right. And so it was like how to get divorced in 10 minutes in Texas or something in, like in that. And being recently moved from a different state. Yeah. Like, Extra troubles, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so, what, what was the second? So, the other thing? one, uh, which is funny because they have very, both very different perspectives, but I think they're awesome, uh, is Mike Birbiglia's My Girlfriend's Boyfriend. I've seen that. It's an amazing really special. Good. Really good. I struggle to call it stand up comedy. Uh, like, in my word, it's a one man performance piece. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a performance art thing yeah. rather than just stand up it's more than just a person like telling jokes. telling jokes whereas dead and gone is is very joke set up punchline uh-huh. the joke is my entire family's dead uh, <laughs> it's not funny <laughs> it's funny the way he tells it sure it's still horrible <laughs> yeah uh it's a, it's a it's a great album but you know my girlfriend's boyfriend starts off very much talking about how uh, against marriage, Mike Birbiglia was, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, is a follow on to his previous special, uh, Sleepwalk with Me, which I don't know if you've watched. Or yeah, not. I've seen it yeah. too. I mean, those, those very much follow one and one each other, uh-huh. um, and why he's very much against marriage. But it ends with him getting married, which is really fascinating. And watching that sort of journey and his struggle was was really interesting. Right, right. Um, are you aware of uh, Cameron Esposito's? Marriage material? No. No. Um, uh, I, same sex symbol? It, so, it, I'm just naming her albums at this point. <laughs> the, the, the stand-up special, or it wasn't a special, the stand-up set that she did wasn't recorded, but it's famous for being amazing. It was, she performed it immediately after finding out that she had breast cancer. It's not Cameron Esposito. Oh, damn it. Who You're is mixing it? up your lesbian comedians. Damn it. Who is it? It's Tignataro. Tignataro. And it was recorded, and the album is called Live, and I have listened to it, and it's amazing. I thought it wasn't recorded. It wasn't video recorded. It was audio recorded. But uh, you can buy the album. I saw a um, documentary about mm-hmm. her, and I remember when she did the, the special, and I, lots yeah. of people were talking about yeah. it. Or when she did the, the set. It's on, it's on Apple it. Music. Listen to it. Okay. It's like 35 minutes long. It is amazing. Yeah? It... Like, it is, I was sitting in my car before going into work, laughing and crying simultaneously good. God, I'm the worst. I mixed up my my famous, amazing lesbian comedians. Yeah. Um, Speaking of, there's a new one. Uh, just had, well, not, she's not new, but she just had her album drop. She was just born? Uh, uh, Rhea Butcher. 
She is, is Cameron Esposito's wife. Yes, I'm, and her yeah, first I'm album dropped her. today, and I listened to it. It's pretty good. Oh, nice. Um, I but I'm, I'm I'm fascinated by this like kind of subgenre of like stand up comedy based on horrific life events. Yeah. Then you're gonna love Dead and Gone. Yeah, like yeah, like that sounds yeah. amazing to me. And um, and being able to like get diagnosed with breast cancer and then like very soon after walk onto a stage and deliver Tell jokes, yeah. a stand up set, yeah. joking about mm-hmm. that and all the other traumas yeah. that were going on in and, her life at the yeah. same time. C diff, her mom dying, yeah. breaking up with her girlfriend. Like it's weird that comedy's capable of. That's what comedy's for sometimes. Doing that. Yeah, so like not not everybody who uses comedy uses it to that effect. Uh, but it's really good at that. Yeah, well, it, and it's so for a long time. This is another example of Kevin being super stubborn about something dumb. <laughs> um, I had a friend who was really into George Carlin in high school, and I would listen to George Carlin, and I would get mad at George Carlin for not telling jokes, because especially in his later years, he would. Just rant? Rant and tell stories and, like, not true stories like like Tig or, like, right. Sean White or things like that. But, like, have, like, an arc to his thing. Mm-hmm. And I would get super mad because I'm like, that's not a joke. Right. And, A, I was dumb and, like, not understanding the, the depth of what he was trying to accomplish. Right. But, and there were a lot of comedians like that, I feel like. Um, he was certainly one, uh, not Richard Pryor. Eddie Murphy would do would do less. He he had some jokes, but I would be like, "That's not a joke. You're not telling a joke. You're not. You don't have a setup and a punchline, right?" Um, and I'd get mad at that. You were you were the person who didn't really know about comedy, being pedantic about comedy towards comedy masters. Well, no. So I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. Really? Yes. Wow. Um, that and there's a, there's a there's a certain line of throughput that leads to that and leads to me being a playwright. Like that's not like I wrote a one man show in high school. Hmm. Didn't perform it, and I hopefully have burned the books, but it's out. But it was there. <laughs> it was bad, but I wrote it. Sure. Um, and and there's a, there's a certain through line there. So I studied comedy, mm. um, and I had very strong opinions about it, but I had a very narrow definition of what stand up comedy could be. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I got past that that I was able to appreciate George Carlin. That I was able to appreciate. Um, oh, I just lost his name. He died of cancer, very young. Um, smoked on stage. Uh, was it Bill Hicks? Yeah, Bill Hicks. Yeah, like Bill Hicks, who who tells jokes, but also does like so much more with his comedy, uh-huh. and is is saying something above and beyond telling a joke. Right. Like you look at uh, rapist Bill Cosby, who tells <laughs> jokes. His jokes have no have very little purpose beyond that's funny. Right. Just good setups and punchlines. Yeah. Um, Stephen Wright, uh, very much the same way. Uh, Dimitri Martin, set up punchline. Like, these sort of very, right. very structured. And those were my favorites for a long time because I understood how that worked. Right. It's really easy to get. Like, yeah. You, like, I'm, I'm more, most familiar with Dimitri Martin. Like, you just watch his set, and it's really funny. And it's just, here's me being as good as I can at a clever setup and punchline. Yeah. And that's it. And it's that for an hour. Like, it's it's good. Set up, punchline, set up, punchline. Yeah. Uh, and it's it that's a difficult type of joke to tell. Like there's a lot of work in making that work. Mitch Hedberg, another example of oh, like yeah. perfect one-liners. Right. Uh, but 
because I had this narrow definition of like what humor is, I couldn't enjoy other people or other what of what comedy was, not humor. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until I go well, and I was like, well, let's just call it solo performance and have an end of the day. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. Right. Like, oh, he's a monologist. Cool. This is easy. Right. And so like, oh, I'm like I can enjoy Mike Birbiglia now. Because he doesn't tell jokes. You just give it a different a yeah. different title, and all of a sudden it's acceptable. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we call it stand-up comedy because that's how we can market it. That's fine. Sure, whatever. Yeah. Uh, because I really appreciate Mike Birbiglia's stuff. Like, I like him. It's really like, And we call him a comedian because, that's, because he goes up on stage and tells jokes sometimes, but... He does it's stuff so much makes more you laugh. than that. Yeah. Like, you know, where's the line between Mike Birbiglia and Spalding Gray? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a very invisible line to me. I don't know if you know Spalding Gray. A storyteller or something? Yeah, well, he, yeah he, he did. Um, uh, you should be able to find Swimming to Cambodia is his most famous work. Okay. Um, it is him at a desk with a microphone talking for an hour and a half. And it's amazing. Hmm. It's like. After, like that made me want to become a monologist. Like make me want to just sit in front of a microphone and tell stories. Hey, look! <laughs> but like that, like Spalding Gray made me want to do that, uh, and I actually did once. There's a video of that on the internet somewhere. Another video on the internet. There's a lot of videos of me on the internet. Oh wow! They're actually all in the same place because they're all uploaded by me. <laughs> uh, well, actually, ASL video isn't. But um, um, yeah, I've always like I've always liked stand-up comedy. I never went through the same struggle as you did. Yeah. Like, having to come to terms with... <laughs> what a joke is. Right. What what are <laughs> jokes and how do you how define does humor? comedy and... Well, I have a definition for comedy, by the way, if we'll get to that. You, you have your own personal Well, I, uh, I stole it from somebody, but yeah. Oh. Well, comedy's, comedy is about the status shift. Um, it's about expecting something and having that expectation subverted somehow. Okay. And that's how... And that's why a setup punchline works really well. Take my wife, please. Like, that. that is the, 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 the most narrow definition of, of set expectation, subvert it. I, I think about that joke, like, at least on a, week, on a weekly basis. <laughs> it's like a good it, joke. Because it's the perfect, like, distillation yeah. of that. It's a, it's a great joke. It's a really good joke. It's also the name of uh, Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher's new TV show. Oh, Take my wife. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you didn't struggle with, with defining yeah, comedy. I never struggled with that, but I definitely went through the, you know, same thing with, like, being young and having bad opinions. Like, I feel like I've gone through phases of, like, liking comedy that's bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm afraid I'm going through that now where I don't know how I feel about Louis C.K. anymore. <sighs> I struggle. Like, I have I have held the opinion mm-hmm. that Louis C.K. is like a genius, mm-hmm. and his yeah. stand up is like yeah. the best around. I understand right now. that. And lately, I've been like, wait a second, like, is he really just some like loud, obnoxious guy? Yeah, I've gone back and forth on that. So there's there's the the added layer of problem there. Mm-hmm. Is there have been a few sexual assault claims against Louis C.K.? Oh, really? Yeah. Which, I guess, based on everything I've seen of him, isn't surprising. Yeah, but there are there are a couple of claims of women claiming that he didn't, and like I'm saying, it's like it's some sort of like saving grace. He didn't rape them. Um, he, he's great, <laughs> uh, but like locking them in his hotel room while he masturbated. Like, 
That, that's, sexual assault. That, like, yeah, yes. Like, that there's, is, there's... That is sexual assault. Yeah. That's also a very Louis C.K. thing to do. Yeah, but, it, but and that's, like, it's like... It's like and, and I don't... Like, I so don't want this to become a thing... Like I, my, for my my instinct, as I've been trained to do, and I think is the right thing, is to believe the women. Like we have to, we have to, right? Because otherwise, we end up with Bill Cosby raping forty women over twenty years, right? And that's the wrong answer. And like, and we've so like we've gone through this most notably with yeah. Bill Cosby. Like, it's fine for someone to be talented, yeah, and terrible, yeah. But I'm all, but my, like the place I'm in is I'm not sure if Louis C.K. is talented anymore. Well, he can write a joke. He he can subvert an expectation to make you yeah. laugh, and and he writes. One of the things that I think was impressive to me about Louis C.K. for a very long time mm-hmm. was he wrote an entire new hour long set every year. Right, that is just like a ton of work. Like he just sat down and wrote a new set every year, and then threw it away and wrote another one. Yeah, and like and toured it all year, yeah. and then and then specialed it. And like know. and that and that ability to do that is super powerful. And the fact that he was able to write, direct, and star in and edit his own TV series for four or five seasons. Yeah, like I think his show's really good. And then he did it again because he made the show Horace and Pete, which I haven't seen yet. It's good. Yeah, I haven't finished it because this stuff I learned about Louisa Kim, like I don't know if I want to go back Thanks to it. It's too. like I yeah. just. Uh, I own it all. Like, I bought it. I bought the season pass when the first episode came out. Uh-huh. I was like, I'm going to buy this. But, like, I just... <sighs> yeah, the whole, the whole like, is is the creation still valuable if the creator is a terrible person thing? I don't know how to And it's, it's a complex question. Um, it's, you know, freaking Sartre said it when he said the author is dead. Like, he was talking about that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, does the work exist outside of it? And... and the work can exist outside of the author, but I also, beyond that, I have to make a decision of do I want to support this anymore? Right. Do I want to continue engaging with the work? Mm-hmm. I don't need to see another Woody Allen movie ever again. No? I don't need to. I don't think I ever like liked a Woody Allen movie in the first Annie place. Hall's great. But... Like, like, I saw Annie Hall but, so that's the thing, like, like decades later. Like, is Annie Hall great? I don't I haven't seen it in like 10 years. But when I saw it the first time, I thought it was great. But does the creator being a monster change the val like Does it change what Annie Hall is? No. Yeah. Does it change how I watch Annie Hall? Absolutely. And okay. so that's the distinction between the author being dead or not. Is is yeah, the author's dead, so it doesn't actually matter who he was, but because I know who he was, my experience is different. That's what the author being dead means mm-hmm. is my experience trumps what the author intended. Right. That's what the author being dead means. It doesn't mean he doesn't matter. It means my experience trumps what he tried to do. So when you have a director come out and say, well, this is what I was trying to accomplish with my film, you go, it doesn't matter. I didn't get that. <laughs> that's that's the, yeah. the extreme example of it. But I also, like, part of me also goes, I don't know why anybody still works with Woody Allen. Like, he just signed a movie deal or a TV deal with Amazon. Yeah. And... He's got a new movie coming out this weekend or last weekend or something. Like oh, really? I saw a trailer for it, and, I'm, and I, I saw a trailer for it. And I'm like, oh, this looks fun. Directed by Woody Allen. I'm like, oh, oh, oh too okay. bad. Because I don't need to support that. Right. I get. I get that situation yeah. where it's like, literally, if you go see this movie, like some of your money goes to Woody Allen. Yeah. I can't have my money going to Woody Allen. Right. I like. I get that. That makes a lot of sense. But yeah. the whole like, like if I watch a like a Cosby show rerun and have a couple chuckles like is that like is that a bad thing 
I don't think it's good or bad necessarily, but I think you have to make the decision if that's something you're willing to do. Right. Can you can you watch the Cosby show and still laugh at and, it? And like knowing that guy's f- a rapist. And choose to forget about yeah. that part of and it. And can you live with yourself choosing to forget that Cosby's a rapist? Yeah. That's like Okay. This consequence is way less significant than the lives of 40-something women who have been horribly affected by being raped. Okay. But that is a shitty consequence that, like, a creator or a participant in, like, a creative work can ruin something Mm -hmm. by them being a bad person. But I also – the flip side of that is if I never watch another Louis C.K. thing ever – You'll be okay. I'll be okay. There's plenty of shit to watch. Yeah. There's plenty of stuff to experience. Yeah. I stopped watching Game of Thrones because I don't like how it treated women. And you know what happens when people talk about Game of Thrones? I go, okay. <laughs> That's been my experience. Yeah. Like, and I sometimes talk about, like, maybe I should go watch it and see if it's still really bad and if it's still going on. But, like, I don't need to do that. Right. Because I, what I saw already told me enough to know that I'm, I can be done with that. I'm, uh, I still feel like I do because I'm a slave to... Uh, yeah, well, it's ending next year or the year after, so yeah, you're going to be like two seasons. Yeah, uh, but it's but but I can go. Okay, I don't experience that. That's fine. You never read Harry Potter. You're not worse off because of that. Somebody's going. You never read Harry Potter, right? But missing out on a piece of pop culture isn't the end of the world. Mm-hmm. But we have this such. We I think culturally sometimes we have this huge big fear of missing out. That we feel like we have to engage with these things sometimes. Right. We we don't have people telling us it's okay to skip something. Right. Like I know I know for sure. Like if if Bill Cosby decided to do something, mm-hmm. like I would just avoid it. Yeah. Like I wouldn't have really been all that interested in it anyway. Yeah. But like I'm definitely not gonna have. You're, any not gonna, part you're gonna skip it now. <laughs> right. Yeah. If Louis C.K. comes out with another stand-up special, like. I don't know. I feel like I'd probably like I would probably watch it because I like I. I don't know. Like I don't know what the right decision is. Like I like Louis C.K. I think I don't know that there is a right or wrong decision, yeah. but I think you, I think you have to make a decision. But I would def like if I did watch it, I would definitely watch it thinking like, oh man, like this guy might be a piece of shit. Yeah, and that would definitely affect how I watch it. Yeah, how much I laugh at it and how much I enjoy it. So maybe it is better to just skip it. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say like, but then if it's not true, like I'm missing out on some enjoyment, but that's a you that's the path to Yeah. And if it's downfall. not true, it's not like the it's going to disappear cuz you didn't watch it immediately either. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um speaking of uh uh believing women. Yeah. Did you see the latest thing about uh Amber Heard, I think is her name and Johnny Yeah. Pat? I did. What a what a what a yeah, what a fantastic like like fuck you everyone who doubted me yeah. uh, that Amber Heard pulled. So she recently divorced Johnny uh, Depp. Johnny Depp for beating her for abuse. Yeah. And of course in what always happens in these situations all of Johnny Depp's bro friends come out and say Johnny Depp's great. He could never do that. I don't believe except, her. Except except and except she did exactly what you were supposed to do. She documented everything. Mm-hmm. She left immediately. She went to the police. And people still didn't believe her. Right. Because that's just how society works right now. But you it just... Uh, 
which is very, very terrible. <sighs> um, and a lot of people accused her of, you know, she's doing this for the money, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, she's just trying to be a gold digger. You know, attention and money and all that stuff. So she gets a seven, $7 million $7 million divorce settlement yeah. and immediately donates it all to charity. Yeah, to a couple charities. One, one for, I think, battered women, another one for, like, children. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, hey, you thought I was doing this for the money? Fuck no. you. Like, I was doing it to get away from a man who was abusing me. Right. Right. And oh, by the way, I'm causing an enormous amount of good because of it. Yeah. Which is... Yeah. What a what an incredible like feat. Absolutely. Of like strength on her part to do yeah. that. I love stuff like that. <sighs> but also, like, th- like, here's the thing. When someone... I guess I was... I guess you can say I was shocked when I started learning about the Bill Cosby stuff. Yeah. Because that does... That is a very, like, big, like, skew of perception. Like, Absolutely. Bill Cosby was, like... You know, America's dad. The lovable dad. Yeah. And then, oh, no, wait. Maybe he's actually a rapist. Maybe like, he's actually drugging women to have sex with them. That's a... Maybe that's a thing he said on record. <laughs> under oath. Maybe. Maybe that's a thing. That was a really big turn... Yeah. ...to make, right? Yeah. Louis C.K.? It's not as big of a turn. Not really. Like, most of his stand-up stuff is about being sexually inappropriate. Yeah. A lot of it is, yeah. Uh, Johnny Depp, like, seems like kind of a piece of shit scumbag yeah. already. Like, not yeah. surprised. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't, like, the whole, like, trust women. You know what? Like, they're <laughs> probably right. <laughs> There's a lot of evidence of men lying about these kinds of things and women not. Not lying about <laughs> Yeah. Oh, let's also stop raping people. That's a good piece of oh, advice. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing we can yeah. do. Yeah. You can trust women when they say they've been raped. Yeah. And then you can just not rape them. Yeah. And tell your friends. Tell your friends not to rape people. I thought you were saying, like, tell your friends when you do rape somebody. <laughs> also good advice? I guess. <laughs> I guess. But no, tell them, like, tell your friends not to rape people. Yeah, tell your friends. Uh, there was a huge, I think it was in Canada, uh, there was a huge media campaign making men aware of like what sexual assault was and when you shouldn't do it right and like calling out your bros to not go have sex with that drunk lady Hmm. uh and it was apparently super effective in reducing the number of instances of sexual assault really yeah i think i might know what you're talking about i think i've seen something i'm being super vague because i don't remember the details yeah but it's like a like hey bros you might not think this is a bad thing that you like but it is but it's terrible and if you don't do it and if you see your bro doing it tell him to stop right like tell him not to do that like if the girl passed out while you were having sex stop having sex stop it she doesn't want the sex you've seen the tea video right the tea video yes if someone said they want tea and then they They're asleep. fell asleep. They, <laughs> they don't, don't want, want tea, tea anymore. Don't pour the tea in their mouth. Unconscious people don't want tea. Right. Yeah. Unconscious people do not want tea. <laughs>